One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. Yeah. All right. Uh, back for another week, and we're going to start with a little bit of history. So uh, these kind of jump around, and some of them are random, but I thought they were interesting. So one of the first things I found was that in 1991, the first TV condom ad is showed, and that, shown, and that was on... Um, Fox TV back at the time. And uh, yeah, I thought that, and that's in the US at least. And I thought that was pretty interesting because uh, 1991, you know, kind of would have been towards the tail end of like the HIV AIDS crisis. And I, I wonder if that played a role in it, but I, I didn't really look it up all that much. Um, uh, 2008, in terms of TVs and movies, uh, Twilight premiered. Um, the movie starring Christian Stewart and uh, Robert Pattinson, and yeah, I was never a huge fan of that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, um, this is random. I put this on here because it's one of my favorite songs. But <laughs> in 1998, Whitney Houston released "My Love Is Your Love," and I put that on there because, like, I this one song that randomly I just I, I randomly sing sometimes. Like, uh, I don't know if it was in a soundtrack to something or not, but it was. It's, it's always kind of stuck in my head. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then in 2003, Britney Spears became the youngest person at the time to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 21 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was very young. Wow, I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, neither did I, but I, I guess, you know, when she came out, she was... Yeah, she was huge. Yeah, like... she, she came out before she was 18, right? Yeah, she was like 15, 16. Yeah, so. Yeah. She put in a lot of work early. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. All right, we'll get into this episode. Welcome to another edition of Is a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. And we're going to get into our next segment here, which is our headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a lot of stuff going on, especially as we barrel to the end of 2020. Um, first up, HBO Max announced yesterday that they finally landed a carriage deal with Amazon Fire TV. So if you are an Amazon Fire TV or tablet owner, you now have access to the new HBO Max app streaming service. Hmm. I'm not sure why it took so long to get on that service because between them and Roku, they're two of the biggest... um, services people use in america and roku is still without the app so yeah and for comcast users you can you can use the app but so many people are waiting for it to come up on the television like like yeah right now you're stuck with your laptop or your cell phone so yeah and it's kind of same here like i think uh like samsung tvs having some other ones but other ones don't and you can get on certain devices and stuff but that rollout was just a little bit complicated so hopefully they get it together (laughs) right yeah by the end of the year yeah yeah um next in tv news um the cw announced that they are going to uh try a backdoor pilot for a painkiller spinoff from the series Black Lightning. So for those unfamiliar with the show, Black Lightning is a black superhero from DC Comics and Painkiller is a character in the show played by Jordan Calloway who um, was a star athlete, gets injured, makes a deal with uh, sort of like a mob boss um, and ends up working for him tries to escape, he's turned into like a villain, and now he's like an anti-hero. So I think this the uh, series, if it's picked up, we'll see him venture to another city, try to forget his past and start doing some good, but yeah. um, your past always runs, seems to find you. So it looks pretty interesting. Mm, okay. So we'll be uh, introduced to that backdoor pilot in the fourth season of Black Lightning, which comes out this February. And some big news, uh, film director David Fincher signed a film deal with Netflix. Yeah, saw that. 
I think it's like at least four films. Um, and this is coming off the release of his film Mank. Yeah. Which is supposed to be like an Oscar, a big Oscar contender. I'm about the making of the film Citizen Kane. Yeah. So uh, Netflix again, sort of making their imprint in Hollywood beyond you know t- original TV and yeah. uh, original like Netflix films. But you no, know, David Fincher is a really good director. And I'm curious to see not only what he does, but how he does it. Like, I wonder if, you know, Ryan Murphy got the deal and he's been throwing stuff at us, what seems like every three months. And I wonder if right. David Fincher's on like a timeline type thing or if he'll be spaced out to give people time to kind of digest what we've seen. Yeah, because he, what is he like, 10 films in 40 years or? Something like that. Yeah, he's he, yeah. he takes his time. Which which is good. I mean, there's always that quality over quantity thing. So we'll just have to see see what happens. And in some big news for Marvel fans, Disney Plus announced premiere date for their uh, Marvel series WandaVision. It's now premiering January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. As before, there was supposed to be a December launch date, but I think with COVID and everything, things uh, keep getting pushed back. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So that should be interesting. Um, and people should hang on to their Disney Plus subscriptions yeah. a little while longer. <laughs> yeah. Because, man, that, the hype and the fanfare, when that came out, everybody was into it, but it's kind of... Yeah, it's definitely subdued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll get into trailer things, where we got a few trailers here from TV and film. Uh, mm-hmm. First up... Uh, Will Smith released a trailer and release date for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion special that's coming to HBO Max. Um, It premieres this Thursday, November 19th. And basically, he got the original cast members together, all to convene on the old Fresh Prince set. And they'll be, you know, reminiscing on the show, the impact, and just sort of discussing how it changed their lives in America, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge show. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, act and it's releasing now because celebrating its thirtieth anniversary, being that it released wow. in nineteen ninety. That's crazy. It's um, I don't know. It, it was a show that tackled. It's another one that shows kind of like the Cosby's. We won't get into Bill Cosby, but it it, it showed you a different type of black family, mm-hmm. and um that it wasn't all bad and then I mean they mixed in important topics with humor and I don't know it was, it was good it's, it's still funny though <laughs> yeah it holds up really well mm. and it was sort of that first show that um sort of really embraced sort of the hip-hop culture as right, for yeah. as far as sitcoms so this was before Martin and a little bit before in Living Color, so it was it was definitely yeah. a front runner for now, the day. I, was this? I guess I could technically just look it up, but was this the first thing that Will Smith did? Because I mean, he he got this show. Yes, he a, he landed the show fresh, basically solely off of his rap career. Oh wow! Yeah, Quincy Jones thought he'd be perfect for it. Um, he had no other acting jobs before this. And based yeah. off his popularity as uh, uh, the rapper Will Smith, he, he landed this and the rest is history. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. we're looking forward to it. Um, the, uh, while it's only teased a little bit, the a main draw for many viewers is that he also um, welcomed back the original Aunt Viv, Janet Hubert. Oh, who, wow for the past 30 years or so has vehemently right. him and Jada in the public <laughs> for her leaving the show in the third season. So that should be interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Up next, we have a couple films. Yeah. Uh, and these, both of these trailers I saw, I think, I may have seen the first one last week, but it doesn't matter. So HBO uh, last week put out a little mini trailer of um, five 
true crime documentary slash films that they're putting out within the next few months. And one of those is uh, called Baby God. And it is about Dr. Quincy Fortier. And um, he, worked at a, he worked at a fertility clinic in Nevada. And he conceived hundreds of children using his own sperm. He, he can, like, it, it's so weird to talk about, but he, kind of, he deceived count, like, a, like a lot of women, told them that they were getting donor sperm and they were all his. And um, what this does is it kind of tracks all the children that are technically his and what that means to them. And yeah, it's, it's wild. The trailer's wild. And I got to assume he's in prison or he may even be dead because some of these people are like, right. He looked, he looks kind of old. Yeah. And they're like adults, adults, but yeah, it's, uh, it's nuts. And then after that, um, the second movie is, uh, it's called pieces of a woman. And this trailer just dropped today. And this stars uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Vanessa Kirby. And this film is about a woman who's having a, a home birth and something goes wrong. And um, it kind of follows her dealing with the loss of her child and dealing with the you know, health side effects, dealing with her family and whether they want to take legal action. And it was a really intense, you know, almost three minute trailer. and. Uh, a good cast and Shia LaBeouf and next to Kirby and um, I always mess up her name. Ellen Burstyn. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah. So, and yeah. And that, and that, well, we got some time with that. It hits theaters December 30th, which I guess you should put an asterisk next to that. And then comes out on Netflix January 7th. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've heard um, some uh, entertainment podcasts talk about that film. Yeah. And if Kirby's like eligible for, well, will be in the running for Best Actress. So. Yeah, wow. Okay. All right. We'll get into the thicker things here with our Binge Me Not segment. First up, our TV. Um, let's see. I'll start with the stuff I didn't watch too much of, and then we can yeah. both sort of hit the show we both watched and just kind of discuss that a little bit. But first... Yeah. Um, I'm three episodes into The Mandalorian as it premiered three weeks ago. Okay. Like, it's going pretty well, and there's people are excited for the next episode because a large uh, character from The Clone Wars is coming. So oh, people wow. have been anticipating this character ever since um, there were rumors that they are going to be in the season. And I also started The Morning Show on Apple+. Plus. All right. Um, just watch the first episode. It's interesting. Um, I think Reese's character may be my least favorite so far, or the betrayal. I don't know. And this is the one that's supposed to be like the Today Show, or yeah, it's about a a newscaster whose um, co-anchor is accused of sexual assault okay. and fired, and then they hire a, a new a replacement, um, Sarge Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then I'm doing a rewatch of Reno 911 on HBO Max. That is, that is one of the greatest shows ever. Oh my God. And I remember watching it, but I don't remember like specific episodes. And the first two episodes had me dying. Yeah. <laughs> and watching it now, it's a complete dragging of police. Like, oh yeah. It's it's Just so absurd, the, but it's so yeah impactful. Yeah, it's it's like it's hitting it there incompetence and everything, but mm-hmm. so that's that'll be a treat to sort of revisit that series. That's funny. All right, um, yeah. So, uh, like I said last week, I said I was going to get into the show A Teacher on Hulu, and that's with uh, oh god, Kate Mara, where she plays a teacher that falls for a high school student. And it's not, it's in, it's right in the middle. It's not great, but it's not bad. And I think because it's only going to be six episodes and the episodes are only 30 minutes each. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that feels like undeserved. Like it's moving quickly. It's very strange. Like I feel like at some point we're going to learn a lot about her background and then we're going to get hit with 
the repercussions of them doing this, but um, it was like episode one, episode two, they were flirting. And so, and they put out three of the episodes at once. And then there's an episode that came out today. I haven't watched one the 24th and then one the 1st of December, but it's not, it's not horrible, but it's, it's an easy watch. Like I said, it's only 30 minutes, but it's, mm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. And then look, we both tuned in to the HBO docuseries Murder on Middle Beach. Yes. yes. Um, the first episode premiered Sunday. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sunday night. Um, and this is a documentary about a man in Madison Hamburg who is um, sort of investigating the murder of his mother, Barbara Hamburg. Right. Um, this she was murdered in 2010. He was 18 at the time, and just how we we basically see or or preview to the fact that the a suspect must be someone within his inner circle, yeah, either a family member or a friend, because there's literally no other leads outside of right family that realm. Yeah. So what did you think of the first episode? I thought it, I thought it was good. It, I guess I should play closer, closer attention because um, the time jump got me. When they hit yeah. that part where they were like three years later, I was like, hold on a second. And then it fast, and then it was 2016. I thought we were just in present day. But um, no, it, 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 it was good. And it, it leads you on to think that it's his dad, but then... I don't know. I guess a little trailer. You, I, I don't know. You can't trust anybody. That's kind of what I'm getting from this yeah. first episode. Is you just kind yeah. of have to wait to see how it plays out. And it was really remarkable how they saved that tidbit for like the last five minutes yeah. because the whole time you're like, oh, his dad is. Well, I mean, his dad is a horrible person, but okay. it's like, oh yeah, he definitely did it. He's gone the day of court hearing for alimony no one can find him days after the murder he doesn't want to talk about it in 2013 it's just he had motive he had opportunity yeah but, but yeah this other development and i guess it's because no one was really trying to hear his side they had already assumed that he did it right yeah um so and that's they, even more chilling right and then the it, it, the whole thing about the police being incompetent and losing information, that kind of is like... Yeah. Yeah, it throws that up in the air as well. But, yeah, I guess we'll see what plays out. No. Mm-hmm. But, no, it was it was decent. And I think that's only four episodes. Yes, it's pretty short. Yeah. And as, as they um, repeat in the episode, you know, sadly, she was stabbed 18 times that's someone who knew her and had a a, a soiled hatred for her like it was personal like this yeah. wasn't some random act of violence or anything like that so right and then they covered her up with cushions like right yeah yeah so, so sad all righty we'll get into the film here with no concessions um I watched Netflix's Jingle Jangle, which okay. was uh, Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey, uh, directed by, um, oh, I just had the name, William Talbert, Will Talbert. Okay. And it's a holiday film um, produced by John Legend's Get Lifted Productions or whatever. And it was pretty good. Um, it's more of a musical, so. Um, yeah a story about a tour maker played by Forrest Whitaker, who is a great inventor and has a great lease on life until um, one day his, he loses that sort of creative spark when um, one of his inventions is stolen. Mm. And years later, he's in his, in um, neck deep in, debt he's become just a, a pawnbroker and his sh- shop is soon to be closed and um 
it, it's a, really a sad story, but when he gets a visit from his granddaughter, um, she discovers an old invention and it has an idea of, of a way to sort of re revive the store. And mm. it, there's a lot of elements in that I would never think of being, putting in a Christmas film. There's like uh, STEM elements to it. Um, and the music's done by John Legend and uh, Philip Lawrence, who's worked exclusively with Bruno Mars. So the music is really mm. good. Overall, it was a fun, a fun watch. Definitely something for the family to enjoy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's about that time for holiday films. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, I watched uh, Cigar's Tomb, and I think I talked about this a little bit last week, what it, just kind of a, what it was about. But um, th these, this whole thing is about um, uh, an unearthed, sarcophagi in a, a little area just south of Cairo in Egypt and it was it was really interesting because I think we talked about it when we spoke about uh oh god what was it <laughs> Lovecraft Country and how mm -hmm. most kids have this idea of wanting to kind of like be an adventure and this was that because they found this place and some of these sarcophagi were like hidden behind hidden walls and they were buried deep underground and they pulled out 60 unearthed ones and unopened and there's still more they think that they found and i just oh, wow. found it so interesting because like it's practically finding another world underground and there's hieroglyphics on the wall and just this whole story and it's a big operation and um it, it's one of those things where you just kind of sit back and like wow there's so much we don't know about different cultures in the world at large and then um yeah, it kind of, it just hits that spot, at least in me, where I was like, like, yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to do this. Like, I thought the mummy with Brendan Fraser was real and shit, but, like, you know, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was really good. And, you know, a, a, a interesting and kind of pulls you in, but also informative at the same time. So it's definitely worth a watch. Okay, cool, cool. All right, looks, sounds like our mentioning that was pretty pretty decent uh something to recommend for everyone now we'll get into our not segment here where we're tracking shows weekly first up we have the series finale of showtime's limited series the good lord bird based on the novel by james mcbride um episode seven was entitled last words um basic synopsis we've had the fall of harper's ferry or the fall of the attack on Harper's Ferry. Um, John Brown is arrested and he'll be eventually hanged. And um, Onion, whose real name was Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of um, reconciling with the aftermath and where he goes next. Um, what did you think of this uh, finale? Um, it was good. It was emotional. Definitely the most emotional yeah. of any episode that we had seen up to that point. But um, no, it was good. And I think when I was, I was thinking about it, we know the story of John Brown. We know how it ended. But the, somehow it, it, they still made it interesting. You know what I mean? Like we knew he was going to die. But yeah, yeah the adding in the emotional element of it kind of made it like, oh, wow, this is a different take. But no, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm, definitely. I thought it was a, a great uh, final episode. Um, it definitely hit on the emotion and just sort of the human element of the situation. Um, I think we don't really realize how purely radical that stance was and even the method. Um, they were literally like, it was the, the concept was alien at that time because, you know, the main currency was slavery and it just was absurd to sort of turn your right. back on the thing that made money at the time. Right. So um, I thought the performances were great. Um, uh, Joshua Caleb Johnson was, was excellent all series long and um, the fact that he was able to um, stand next to Ethan Hawke, who's who is brilliant in this role, really speaks yeah. speaks volumes 
for him as an actor, especially a child actor. Right. Um, uh, a scene I really particularly liked was how the remaining um, army men were uh, aiding Onion in his escape, like that conversation they had before. Yeah, like towards the end, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really something different because you don't see... You really don't see conversations like that amongst black men in shows. No, not really. Like not that sort of camaraderie or like encouragement, right. especially in those times. It's, it was just something totally different. Right. But no, it was, <laughs> I thought it was funny when they went out shooting and uh, the dude had his pants off because he had just given them the onion, but just yeah. the way that they, the way that, that looked in slow motion. Was yeah, like, oh, I was so perplexed. I was like, "What's going on?" Right. Yeah, and then um, uh, I thought him wanting to, to say goodbye to John was really, really touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and just and just him realizing how much of an impact he had on his life in that short amount of time. Right, and. Oh God, I I can't think of his name. The other slave that kind of became Onion's friend was it was it Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I completely expected him to be dead. Yeah. But, um, just kind of their whole relationship throughout, from when they met to the time that in this episode where they split up and just that that scene as well when um, his other son, John Brown's other son, leaves to go do what he's going to do then. Bob gets in the he gets in a casket, right? Like a right. That's a how link. they they hit yeah. him. Yeah, got him out, and then Onion mm-hmm. goes on his way. Yeah, it was a, a excellent send off. Yeah. And I thought the actor who played um, the son, I think, it was Owen. Was that his name? Yeah, I think it's the last one. Yeah. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. Um, just that, and just the fragility of like trying to to act like the racist to protect right. protect you know onion and bob just just those conversations with those who who thought less of them it's just right yeah it was crazy um but but crazy good in a good way i really hope a lot more people binge this series yeah um, it deserves some recognition and yeah. awards and just amongst people in general. Yeah. Everything from the writing to the acting, um, production, it was just top notch, really good. Yep. All right. And then we have episode four of HBOC undoing see no evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead with your thoughts on this episode. I I genuinely don't know what's happening. I my my only thought is that I'm starting to think that maybe Nicole Kidman has something like uh some undiagnosed mental health issue where she mm-hmm. blacks out or something like that and maybe she knew Elena more than what yeah, we know. Thought, yeah. Yeah, may, maybe that kiss in the elevator wasn't random. You know what I mean? Like I'm starting to I'm starting to get a little confused, but mm-hmm. I feel like she's either blocking stuff out mentally that we haven't seen yet, or right. memory she's repressed or suppressed. Yeah, because um, it's just the way she's maneuvering. It's very calculated, and it's again, it's that sort of like projecting projection of any like guilt, but yet you know she was near the scene of the crime right we were seeing her having these visions or memories or dreams of the murder and everything yeah, and then her falling out in the park like yeah just in, that was i'm like okay so is she blacking out and doing stuff or it's it's sort of everywhere nowhere at the same time yeah um, I thought Donald Sutherland's doing a good job um, as the father. Yeah. And there was something I was going to mention. Oh, I wholeheartedly believe that the uh, first affair 
um, uh, the dad, the husband had was with her lawyer friend. Yeah, Lily Rabe's character. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without yeah. a doubt. Because that it would explain why he went to her with you know the firing and tried to handle that. And yeah, yeah I totally see that. And then the introduction. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the introduction of the other lawyer, the black lady. I can't remember her name. I think it's Haley. Yeah, I think it is. Her character kind of throws a interesting screwball into the mix. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her in some one other show. Um, what's her name? Noma. I'm not going. Not going to try the last name. But she was in Black Earth Rising on Netflix. That starred Michaela Cole. She yeah, was excellent in that. But yeah, she her character is definitely a wrench in the, I guess, um, ease that Grace thinks she's sort of encountering with this, this whole thing. Yeah. I love her, her quip, I'm not funny. I don't make jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's sort of like a, a Olivia Pope character, but um, trying to get it all on the table. But yeah, there's definitely something, some things Grace are hiding. And I guess the police know this. I just don't like the way that they're presenting the police's knowledge of this or suspicion, suspicion of this. It's weird. Yeah, if, if they just, I mean, just come out with it. Cause yeah, every episode, every, whenever they show up, they just seem like, dicks i'm like oh my god we got to deal with them again like come on man this yeah, is a waste of a scene yeah it's they're not really investigating anything it, it, it's odd like their exchanges like the exchange with her in the hallway like just yeah. say whatever or, or i don't know it's just different You're right so we'll see what happens um in the next episode I can't remember how this one ended. Oh, she, well. No, go ahead. And she fell out. She's in the hospital. Oh, it ends with the, whatchamacallit, the press conference. He's giving a press conference on TV and the the woman asks him, so do you have any idea who could have done this? And he's like, yeah, I do. And you're just kind of left with like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The press conference where he basically, I, I was throwing Grace under the bus as a suspect. Kind of either that or Elena's like husband. Right, that's who it was. Yeah, he basically turned yeah. it on him. Um, and him visiting him, like that's a big no-no. Like, what are you doing? That that scene was so awkward. It was it was very uncomfortable. And then yeah. he just offers, he's like, oh, I can take her. Like, wait, what? And then admitting that he loved her in the press conference, like... Yeah, yeah. It's just a mess. So, yeah, I guess we'll see where we go from here, but it's... What is this, episode four? There's episode four, yeah. And I, there's, I don't know how many there are. Hopefully not too many, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of everywhere yeah all righty so we'll get into the final segment here our feature presentation where we're continuing our discussion of the rewatch for hannibal season two we're now up to episodes seven eight and nine um these are pretty pivotal in the season overall sort of like the meat here um to our plot as before, we'll hit each episode, um, discuss um, the... You know what? We'll discuss the murder of the episode, murder of the, yeah, murder of the episode, if there's one, our favorite scenes, uh, best or worst character of the episode, and then our favorite episode of the three. Yeah. Right. So episode seven is yakimono, which is a Japanese food that is grilled or pan-fried. I'm not sure. That's all we get. <laughs> and um, guest stars in this episode are, are Anna Chumsley. Yeah. 
All right. So, um, was there a murder? I don't think there was a murder in this episode. No, because we ended episode six with uh, Jack opening up the little cellar door, and then right, this one starts with yeah, Miriam. So we right. we yeah, correct. After two years, Miriam last has been found alive, um, and they're just trying to basically get to the bottom of who was her murder and if that was indeed Hannibal um tried to try to get to her memories and stuff like that what she remembers from her encounter um any favorite scenes in this episode um I think the first the first interrogation scene with alana and hannibal when hannibal gets up and walks to the window it's so tense because you think i mean you know in your head like okay there's five episodes left in the season this is not when they catch him but Mm -hmm. it is still very tense and then he's just standing there looking it's kind of creepy but yeah i think that's one of my favorite scenes of this episode yeah he he I mean, it, he can't help it. He portrays so much arrogance. Like, yeah, yeah. In that situation, he's clearly unfazed, and it's just right. uneasy. Um, and, and ultimately, Miriam fails to ID him as the Ripper, which is like, okay. Like, wait a second. <laughs> right. Um. Let's see. My favorite scene. I'm trying to think. <laughs> It's kind of, I mean, the whole series is quite dire, but um, Frederick's uh, poor <laughs> poor entrapment that Hannibal sort of sets him up with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, him coming home first right. and discovering that um, Gideon is in his house, been in his house, legless, on the, on the monitor drip, and he realizes that he's being framed. Right. And that that whole scenario of him trying to escape, um, him waking up to see more federal agents killed, like that, the whole setup Hannibal imposed on him, just unbelievable, the amount of control and preparation and five steps ahead he is in front of everyone. And this show does a good job of kind of baiting you because as the show goes on through seasons you want Hannibal to get caught and when you see the FBI agents right outside the door that one scene it's just kind of like oh my god this could be it but then you know once again like he's not getting caught right right anytime he shows up in that slicker outfit it's it's a wrap yeah so um yeah uh best or worst character of the episode um alana and she'll probably be the same one for these three episodes because she just like i think we talked about last week her her arc through this part of the season is annoying she just yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah her whole i mean the spell hannibal has on her which basically it basically alludes to like they have a relationship in college which is probably improper And it's just continued here. She can't resist whatever he's put on her and you know, she she's just stuck on him. Right. And it's a bit annoying. But yeah, she she seems to be just yeah. just there. Because um, honestly, you don't get too many extra uh characters in this episode it kind of stays with like the same three or four mm-hmm. yeah. um and sadly we had to say goodbye to frederick chilton here yeah. as um this this was a wild scene yeah. um is interrogating him because they believed him to be the chesapeake ripper and miriam's watching and she immediately ids him saying that's him and wouldn't the glass be bulletproof? Like, wouldn't that? I feel like it would be. A, maybe because she was so close, that didn't matter. But 
I feel like most of the glass in the police department is bulletproof. Right. Um, she had him as a killer, and instead of him getting arrested, going to trial, she grabs a gun um, and shoots the glass and kills Frederick Children. Yeah. Dead. Um, let's see. Next, we had episode eight, Suzakona. I hope I'm saying that right. It's probably a lot not right, but we'll carry on trying to figure out what that means. Hold on one second. Suzakana, I'm seeing it both ways. Um, it is a, see I type it in and it brings up the actual episode. And it's a small dish used to cleanse the palate, such as vegetables and vinegar, vinegarized appetizer. Okay. All right, so it's episode eight, and our guest stars here are Catherine Isabel, Jeremy Davies, and Chris Diamonopoulos. Hope I said that right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a big, um, before we get to murder the episode, I don't, I'm sure it's been done before, but the way they introduce um, this sort of new arc, yeah, was so seamless. Like we we sort of finished the Miriam story and then introduced like a whole new right new narrative, and it it was flawless in my opinion. Very art, mm-hmm. artfully done. So um, the murder of this episode. Um, we're at a horse stable and a female victim is found sewn into the womb of a mare. Yeah. This was wild. I definitely forgot all about this. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, uh, as the episode went on, I was kind of like, oh God, I remember this. But yeah, I was right there with you. I kind of had forgotten all about it before. Yeah. And we discovered that um, the victim was the victim had been murdered and then mm-hmm. placed into the horse as sort of like a significance of a rebirth. Yeah. Right. And um, the coroners discover a bird inside her chest cavity. Yeah. Um, which was something I had never seen before. No. Um, and it leads them to a stable hand named Peter, mm-hmm. played by Dianopolis. Um, and that's Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies, correct, correct. Yeah. I mixed that up when I was watching the episode. My bad. Jeremy Davies, yeah. who was excellent in this role. Yeah, he was. Um, betraying someone with uh, a head injury that sort of renders them um, sort of mentally disabled. Yeah. Um, and they, he's not the murder suspect, but he says he knows who the murderer is. Right. And it leads us to a his social worker, Clark Ingram, who's played by Chris um, Diamondopoulos. And I totally forgot about this sort of uh, little nugget. He was crazy. Yeah, and he he had the look of somebody that was crazy. It was like, oh shit. Yeah, he had the sociopath down to a T. I think one of my favorite scenes is, um, as we maneuver to favorite scenes, um, the interview between him and Alana, the way yeah. he sort of disassociated himself from like the entire situation. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's a social worker and he's basically yeah. in, that, in that role to sort of perform empathy because he's he can't as a sociopath. It's right. just yeah. crazy. Because she like reaches out to touch his hand, I think is what she does, and mm-hmm. he pulls away and yeah. Yeah. An incredible acting on his and Davies' parts. Yeah. Uh, what were some favorite scenes for you? I think the first one, of course, kind of sticks out when when they go and find the horse and they know something's wrong, but um like you know something is gonna happen, but even when the Bobby the body the bo- the body slides out of the horse you're just kind of like oh 
like damn yeah and then um i had had like a jump scare moment when the bird came out (laughs) and because because like you said you know i kind of forgot about this episode so i was like like, wait she can't really still be alive and then they start cutting her open i was like okay something's coming out and then the bird just you know yeah totally forgot about that all right and then um best and worst characters of the episode um i think best two would definitely be peter and um will just will's patience and kind of how he he knew it was something else and stuck with it mm-hmm. and then um oh and then the uh uh margo and then i think i think the worst just be clark yeah 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 it was crazy i would agree margo was a presence because your her um therapy sessions with hannibal you know you get the hint of what's happening to her um and you see that sort of blurred scene of of some attack or some right something happening um but her whole arc is incredibly yeah tense and Catherine isabel is a wonderful actress she um she just hits it on the mark sort of the the way they exchange words you know she she's I mean, Hannibal knows what she's alluding to, but just the way they dance around the fact that she right. wants to, you know, kill her brother. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's so great is that she held nothing back. Like, she just said it. She said what she felt, and then she she wasn't afraid of Hannibal. Right. Like, that's another thing. Right, because she, I mean, she's she's having, she's she's already been, a, been fearful of, you know, family, so who else right. can be you know, that, that's fearful to her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was a very, very strong, dark, dark episode. Oh yeah. Super dark. And then that leads us to episode nine with his, uh, (laughs) Shizakana. Yeah. You got me on that one. (laughs) Um, probably like she talked, she, Shizakana. I'm trying to think of like shiitake, shizakana. Refers to a large hot dish. Hot, large hot dish served during a traditional Japanese multi-course dinner. Okay. And again, we have guest stars, Catherine Isabel, Jeremy Davies, and Mark O'Brien. Hmm. Um, so uh, the murder of this episode, murder of this week, um, this one, I definitely forgot about this. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> we, our opening scene is the murder of the week. Uh, truckers at a rest stop and something leaps upon his truck. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, he's grabbed and devoured as if, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon or Wolverine. Right got him and there's blood everywhere and it's just you're like huh what yeah it, there's nothing you can really piece together it's like this is this is a little bit too different right right went to the little supernatural there right. and um come to find out there is one of Hannibal's former patients Randall Tear yeah um has sort of created a mechanical suit that allows him to gallop and trek hunt and kill as a creature as he has some sort of psychological uh disorder where he thinks of him as a a four-legged animal rather than a two-standing mammal right right so this was definitely sounds like a sounds like a halloween episode but this episode premiered april 25th of 2014 so (laughs) It's funny you said that because when I was watching it, it seemed like 
maybe like a one-off episode like they're like okay let's just have a little fun or something i was like is this is this a werewolf like what am i watching right now yes it's it's wild that sort of thin line between like reality and fiction right um yeah so what are your favorite scenes um in this episode um let's see i think there's something about the scene where we saw him put it together kind of how they kept his face obscure but we saw him build this monster and it come to life and i thought that was kind of cool just you know because he works in that he works in a museum or something like that or Mm -hmm. yeah he's around all those animals so i thought that one was cool and then um the the second killing where he killed that couple kind of gave like old slasher film vibes with all the excessive amount of blood yeah, yeah, that's what gives you the horror vibes, you know, right. a couple alone in the open woods and just the savagery right. put upon Because you think, you know, maybe the woman's going to escape, and of course she trips and falls in slow motion. Yeah. She was um, knocked out. Like. Yeah, she was gone. Um, I would say that's my favorite scene, the, the couple's deaths, and then um will and hannibal sort of um exchange near the end of this episode yeah um it's just that sort of dreaded fusion of their likeness you know this the thought of hannibal sort of grooming will into this savage killer because um you know he he sort of mentions regretting not killing clark ingram in the stable right and, and yet sort of handles towards like leading him to this um toward this sort of this murderous uh track yeah because it's, it's kind of like a almost a game between the two of them yeah yeah and i also liked is this when this is when he and margo margo visits him at his home correct yeah i think she comes over twice doesn't she yeah because i think they see each other at hannibal's house yeah and then she just you know privies to his confidential information shows about his (laughs) at his house yeah right and um the line where she says, I have the wrong parts and the wrong proclivity for parts. Right. Just basically, you know, she's a woman and also a lesbian or right. bisexual yeah. or something. So, yeah. Um, she was never, she wasn't going to get the position that her. Yeah, that her brother has. Um, so, yeah, I just love the, this, the writing. It's just so superb. Yeah. So favorite and least favorite characters this episode. Hmm. I think favorite character. Um, uh, maybe just because it was different. I, I honestly, I think my favorite character would have to be the killer. Like this was just different. This wasn't some person sewing people up. It was kind of like you said, a horror angle, which was kind of cool. So I don't know. I was kind. Of, I was into that. And least favorite character. I'm trying to think. I. I don't know. I I don't know if I have one. Uh, uh, no, not 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 in this episode. Right. Everyone's sort of like on their game in this episode. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I I might agree with Randall. He was so. He was different. He was touched. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of like sort of that that syndrome, whatever he had, was just sort of so left field. Right. Um, you kind of wanted to see more of him. You didn't think right. think his story would wrap wrap that quickly. Right. Um, and I think Will. There's a certain. Um, he pulls you. Hugh Darcy pulls you in when he's sort of portraying that sort of like evil streak right um 
with Hannibal. So it's 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 interesting to watch. Yeah, it's a, such a good show. It's one of those shows that um, you really do hope that. Yeah, I know when it started, a lot of people watched it, and but like, it's worth people going back and checking out if they haven't already. Yeah, definitely. It, it's it stands out even to this day. I think it was really ahead of its time when you think of yeah. of what people are doing in TV now, especially on streaming and cable. Right. Um, and for this to have been on broadcast television, it was a, it was definitely a shift in genre telling. Right. So, what is your favorite episode of these three? Um, I I think it has to be eight. The uh, the one with the horse and the social workers slash psychopath. I think, like you said, the episode was so dark and the performances were just so good from everybody. And um, uh, the Peter guy got arrested, but for once in this show, the good guy won. Like, you know, right. they came out on top. And I think that's I, that was good to see. <laughs> yeah, because you're... I would agree with episode eight because you're rooting so strongly for Peter to right. be vindicated. And even when you think he's murder Clark, you're like, damn, like, right. I didn't want him with those blood on his hands, like to go to jail or anything like that. Right. And, you know, it turns out that he didn't, you know, he he's, right. he's not that he's not evil. He's not hateful. He's really, he was just angry. Yeah, just angry, but he's he has the heart, a big heart. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely episode eight. All right, that concludes episode seven, eight, and nine in our second stream around for Hannibal season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have the last four episodes to discuss next week, um, which, which are probably the, I mean, I remember how the series ended, but I definitely forgot the lead up to all of it right right same yeah so it'll be fun to just discuss that and anything we caught differently compared right. to the first time all right before we get out of here where are you streaming for the weekend okay um i think it came on i'm not sure when it comes on either it comes on tonight or tomorrow but another hbo crime documentary this one is called crazy not insane and this follows um Oh, I wish I had it up. I can't remember her name, but she was a doctor and she um, she kind of started the process of interviewing serial killer. Oh, she's a psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Dorothy Otno Lewis. And she um, studied the psychology of murderers, just kind of what made them tick and how did they differ from people that don't commit murder. And uh, yeah, it comes on... Um, I, I really don't know when it comes on, but it's once again part of those five films from HBO. So I'm, I'm excited to check that out. Right. Um, if it's come on this week, I'll definitely try to catch it as well. Yeah. Um, for me, all this happens on Friday too. <laughs> uh, on Amazon Prime, um, they're going to release, I think, the first. I think there's like six films in all, and they might release the first two on Friday, but um, Steve McQueen created an anthology film series um, mm. titled Small Acts, and they're all um, stories about um, Black civil rights and liberation in the UK. Mm. So I've heard a, a lot of great deal of great things about them. I know um, John Boyega stars in one, Letitia Wright in another. So that should be um, interesting to watch. It's cool. It's not a Friday. It's not a oh god. That's not an angle we usually see when it comes to civil rights. We're so used to hearing our side over here. Right, right. Um, and then on Friday, both on Hulu, we finally get the premiere of the film that was supposed to drop. I think this spring, Run, um, oh, yeah. starring Sarah Paulson, where uh uh. Dog, a teenage girl who lives with her mother is uh, wheelchair bound from some disorder, yeah. and she soon discovers that um, 
her condition and her mother's unconditional love for her has some sinister origins. So um, that looks really good. And then um, also the Maniacs reboot will finally drop. Yeah. So that will be uh, something new to explore. I've heard it's it's pretty good. Um, so I haven't seen that show in forever. Yeah. And I I guess Hulu made it for millennials because the Gen Z, there's no way they were alive when that show was on or would have been aware right. of it. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. So I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that out as well. Yeah, this whole reboot thing, reboot thing, is definitely to introduce to a new audience, but it's for the right. other generation. So, um, it, it, I hope it it holds up. I'm not sure which all characters will be back. I know the main three, and then Peaky and the Brain. So we'll see yeah. see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure before we depart, remember you can follow us on all social at AS Life Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Um, follow for more content at streamablelife.wordpress.com. And be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share on all major platforms wherever you can find is a streamable life. And remember to keep on streaming. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of It's a Streamable Life. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. And for more content, follow us on our socials at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at AS Life Podcast. Mm-hmm.